And you can live in the day. Man, so much has happened for me in like the last two months. It's crazy. My life, I have to see, I have to now take my own advice. Uh, <laughs> with? With, with um, being fearless, like going off into new territory and knowing that that's the meaning of my life and not having so much security. Um. And that's my main teaching, like in between chaos and order is the meaning of our life. And you need a healthy amount of chaos. So now a little bit of chaos has come my way and I need to capitalize, but it takes guts. It does. And that's the crazy thing about meditation. And when you spend so much time listening to yourself, it's like you can feel like, you know, all the answers, but yeah. then once you start looking into the real world and looking and applying it, you're like, oh, wow, now I actually need to put in the work in this arena. And it's a completely different, it's the same thing, but it's, it's very interesting how that happens, how like you think at one point, this at least happened to me where I was like, okay, like meditating a lot, getting all the answers, but I want to live in the real world and live those answers too, I guess is my point. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and it's funny because I've taken risks so many times. My whole life is one big risk uh, tale and uh, constantly flirting with, with danger or death. And I guess when you have a baby, things change. You're like, maybe I shouldn't be so risky, right? But um, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I think if you're good at what you do, you can just capitalize on anything. But you got you to gotta do it. So yeah, I I, um, I took day trading seriously two two months ago, two and a half, I don't know, beginning of uh, September. In the green. Yes. Yeah. I took. So I had fifteen thousand at the time. I'm at forty forty four now. Congrats. Thank you. So nothing. You know, we got guys on there make like fifty thousand dollars a day. Um, so yeah, I'm going for consistency. I had some big wins. I had some losses and, um, I was like up, down, up, down. And so I was like, Whoa, as soon as you get it, it can go. That's interesting. So I, I, uh, I'm working on consistency, no days, no, nothing given back to the market kind of thing. So November is all green. I'm happy about that. That's amazing. All green in 16 days. It's good stuff. 15 completed. Yeah. Good stuff. And how do you pronounce your name? Rokas? Rokas. Rokas. Yep. Oh, Rokas. Very... This is Danny. Danny, this is Rokas, my, oh, my uh, <laughs> producer and co-host and like extra robotics extraordinaire and crypto lord. <laughs> nice. Crypto Thank lord you. too. Wow. Congrats. Um, yeah, I listened to an episode with you guys and I was like, wow, I really like this. This is awesome. And this podcast is like the perfect thing that I need in this moment. You know, you were talking about the importance of like doing little things right and cleaning up. And I was like, wow, like I could do laundry right now. Like you were literally motivating me in that moment to, to improve my life in a little way. And I was like, it's so interesting how 
life will give you the thing you need in any given moment. And that podcast was the thing that I needed in that moment. It's like, oh, I just got to just got to listen to what what is being said. So really awesome to listen. Right yeah. after that show, I was like, <laughs> I went down into the kitchen. I was like, it's time to do some dishes. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, Danny Miranda, thank you. Um, thank you for coming on the show. And, and it's not even a show. Like, thank you for stepping into this conversation circle. I know your time is valuable. And uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate you. And for our listeners... Danny Miranda, you're to me, anyways, you're an influencer. You're a knowledge seeker and a lover of wisdom, a podcast host. And I found you on Twitter. Someone tagged me on something that you said or something. And uh, you're you've got a, quite a following on Twitter. Sounds like you're doing a lot of things. Uh, very quickly and what what's going on how how's that working what do you what else are you doing too yeah well I I don't know if I've ever been called an influencer before but uh, I appreciate the warm introduction and the kind words and I don't think of myself as an influencer I just think of myself as a guy posting ideas exploring the world sharing what I've learned and hopefully it's useful to other people as well. And I feel incredibly blessed to be in the position I'm in where a lot of the inner work that I've done on myself has now, in some respects, come to reflect the world to the external that is pretty good. Nice. And it hasn't always been the case. It hasn't always been that way. And I know the specific things that I've done that have helped me get to that point. And so it's a really exciting place where I am living my dream in every moment. And it gives me chills to say, but yeah. I'm, I'm living the movie of my life and feeling and treating it like every day is a blessing and every day is a treat and every day is a movie to explore. And so Hallelujah. I'm really excited by that. So I love that. Pleasure to be here. I love that. I've said the same thing. Um, that's awesome. Okay, so given that you said that, you're in this really good place, you're, I mean, you're seeing life for what it is, because you're looking at the mind uh, accurately. And I believe once you understand the mind, you understand people. Once you understand people, you understand all of life, because that's all life really is. It's just people. Um, backwards, going back, what... What are some of those dark catalysts that kind of messed with you? And why has your journey uh, happened so fast? Because it can only happen that fast if you if you hit rock bottom, maybe. Yeah. So what's that all about? So, I, I mean, I would describe rock bottom as doing a job in 2019 that I didn't really want to be doing, that I was only in it for the money and it was a job on the outside that was getting rewarded externally by people saying, Oh, this is an amazing job. You're doing a great, this is great what you're doing. And inside I was like, I'm just a cog in the machine. I'm not anything. I'm not like, this doesn't excite me on the day to day. I don't want to be doing this. Uh. And so 
it was a real moment of what am I going to do? And so I, I quit the job and I just started to one, look inward and two, do difficult things for the first time in my life that I didn't want to do. Difficult things being two workouts a day, difficult things being reading 10 pages of a book consistently. So doing these things over and over. And the program that I did was called 75 Hard. And while doing 75 Hard, the external actions, I was also doing the internal actions of sitting down 20 minutes in the morning and looking at myself, meditating. And this was the first time I'd ever consistently done any meditation. And I was like, wow life is unfolding for me in a magical way. Like this is incredible. And that was the start of the new version of myself that led me to this point two years later. What was the, what was the job? That the you job was, was, uh, I was basically helping people set up e-commerce stores and, Oh, and I was working with my friends, Nate Schmidt and Scotty on Twitter for those familiar and I was like, just building templates. And I was like, this, this sucks. Like anyone could be doing this. This isn't creative. This, I didn't have those words for it, but I just it's knew that soul, soul destructive. Exactly. Yeah. 2019. How old were you? I was 24, 24. So you're 26 now. Yes, sir. Almost 27. I'll be 27 in July of 2022 congratulations you are a young man i'm and i can say that because i'm an old man (laughs) you're a young man too my man you're very young how Um, old are you i'm 35 you're young you are so young oh my god you're gonna live three two more lifetimes that you already lived i can't wait i can't wait you're so Um, young so i like this um and I know what you mean, but I want a little bit more specific. So would love to 24. Let's go back a little bit more with Danny. Where, where did you grow up? Grew up in this beautiful place called Port Washington, New York. Okay. I've never heard in, of it. In Long Island. Um, it's a great, great place to raise a family. Great pretty great upbringing, you know, parents, amazing brother, amazing. But the big problem looking back at my life for the first 24 years of my life, I never looked at myself. Yeah. I never had any practice. I would like once in a blue moon, I'd go to therapy when something was wrong and I'd feel better. And I'd be like, wow, that was great. But other than that, no looking at myself for 24 years. So classic case of like just living life, letting life happen to you. Yeah. Just a normal, normal guy. Normal guy. Yeah. Uh, did you have like relationships? Is that Was that all normal and everything? Yeah, it was normal. But and I lived like a, a completely normal upbringing. But it was just, it was just like, I didn't know why I was doing the things that I was doing. Okay. Okay. And I was Um, very, and I, I was, and I still very am much influenced by my external circumstances. Less so today because I've spent time with myself, 
mm-hmm. but was very much like, what are the cool kids doing today? What is, what is this person doing? Okay, let me follow what this person's doing. Maybe it's someone online, right? Like maybe it's somebody, I didn't know myself. So yeah. it was very easy to influence my mind because now, I had no, yeah, go for it. No, because you, it was easy to influence your mind because that was important there, what you were about to say. It was very easy to influence my mind because I had no, I had no way of knowing who I truly was. Okay. Yes. And that's awesome because um, look like that's what percent of the world, like 99.9. That's most people, right? Yeah. Um, they're just doing their thing, letting life happen. And they don't really act on life. Life acts on them, right? So you're in this soul destructive job, but what is the catalyst? Like, who is the mentor? What, what happened specifically? Cause how do you, cause if you know how you woke up from that, then you know how other people can wake up from that. Yeah. I, I often say and think that you need someone to believe in you before you believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. And for me, that person was Tej Dosa. You okay. can find him on Twitter at comedic bizman. He through his writing, I could sense something was different. And this was still while I was in the job. After I'd graduated college, I was reading his tweets, reading his emails, reading anything he put out. The reason why was one, he talked about business and copywriting, which was what he his specialty is. But two, he was thinking something and talking about something way different in the sense of I could see he was acting with love. I could see he was acting with compassion for his fellow person. I could see he was talking about something different. And I was very attracted to the way he was communicating because looking back, because I didn't love myself, because I didn't have that level of belief in myself to treat other people the right way in any given situation. And so I formed a friendship with him. He was just starting out on Twitter. I was just starting out on Twitter and we started communicating back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, two years after that, or maybe a year and a half, I start going deeper on his stuff, deeper on his recommendations, right? Like he'd been talking about meditation here and there for a year and a half. And then I finally do it. And I finally do 75 hard. And the day that I do it, the first day I say, Hey, Tej, I'm doing this program. And he's like, okay, I'm going to do it too. And we're going to do it together. And you're going to text me at the end of every day. And I'm going to text you at the end of every day. Nice. And this single accountability, accountability is so underrated. Having the accountability of him in that moment meant that at first I was not, I was trying to make sure that he, that I didn't disappoint him. Then it became I don't want to disappoint myself. And that happened probably half halfway around the 75 hard mark. And it was incredible because I was like, oh my God. I At first, I was doing this for Tej to not let Tej down because I didn't want Tej to look at me a certain way. By the end of the program, because it became, I don't want to look at myself a certain way. So having him believe in me to do the program was so valuable and so important. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, are you guys on every podcast together or just the, is that just the one that I heard? 
just the one you okay. heard. I've recorded three with him, and the okay. three that I've recorded with him have been so universally loved, and I've gotten so much good feedback from all three because we have such a a respect for each other's journey. I think, and it, I think it comes across. Have you but guys you ever? Let me know if I'm wrong. Have you ever met? Never met. Oh wow! What? <laughs> it's it's crazy and i'm just thinking about like oh my god when we meet in person the amount of love that will be shared the amount of just connection the amount of truth the amount of brotherhood it's i'm so excited because yeah it's gonna be awesome um i'm curious about your inner journey i mean this is amazing right you're you're so you're two years into this um self-mastery path yeah um so so you don't look at it so how do you look at that i guess i use it i use self-mastery a lot i use that term what are you what what do you call it what are you what are you doing and and what do you do with it yeah i call it the journey inward because i don't know if i'm trying to master the self but I'd love to know what, what do you mean by self-mastery? Well, that's, that's a great question. So I was going to then ask you if it's a journey inward, you know, who are you? (laughs) What is Danny Miranda? Yeah. I think the answer to that is just love. Like who am I? The deeper I go, the more I just notice love. And like, there's more things obviously, but like, I, I find real joy inside and and love. And it's like the more I remove those blockages and notice them and look at them, the more I found that just there's love there. Okay. That's, you know, in my uh, yogic training and experience, getting to the love uh, stage is, is kind of considered uh, advanced. It's kind of considered like you made leaps and bounds already. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I, I feel like I've made leaps and bounds because if you knew me three years ago, I would not have mentioned the word love and anything that I was doing or, or anything related to it. But the fact that I've spent a lot of time with myself and a lot of time removing the blockages, it's the only thing that can come across. It's the only thing to me that I can express is like, wow, this is incredible. One, I'm so, I love the fact that I can grow. Two, I love the fact that I can then give that love to other people. Three, now now there's now there's 20,000 people that follow me on Twitter. 20,000 people can see a message and the internet is expansive, meaning you could post a, a, con, a piece of content and it could go to millions of people. Man, I just feel so blessed to be in this moment because I could be feeling this love in, 1743 and i could give the love to the people around me and maybe i could get my hands on a printing press and maybe i could write a book that could change the world but i genuinely believe i will bring the love that i have in my heart to the entire world that's just i'm 26 years old give me another 10 years of doing this give me another 20 give me another 30 like what's gonna happen so it just makes me really excited to be in this moment it should it should yeah i like that powerhouse uh, uh, of energy what do you mean by and we're not even close to being done with with everything uh what do you mean by blockages 
So specifically, um, yeah, it looked like you like you said that, and as you said that, your inner journey has taken you through those blockages. So what what did you have to kind of conquer? Yeah. So I'll give you one example that really opened my eyes. I think I, it was like within two weeks of starting Naval's challenge, the 60 minute, 60 day challenge, meaning you meditate 60 days for 60 minutes and you just let your thoughts go. And I realized that a lot of the things that I was doing in college and shortly thereafter was because in 12th grade, senior year of high school, I was, I weighed like 140 pounds and a kid who ended up playing baseball in college, he pushed me into a locker and like just manhandled me. And I was like, oh my God, that is still in my mind that I'm still holding on to that. Why did that pop up? Oh my God, that's incredible. Like I feel such compassion to that version of myself and to that kid for pushing me into the locker. And I realized like a lot of the things that I was doing, like lifting weights and just mistreating people came from that place of uh -huh. him pushing me into the locker, getting bullied, getting bullied, Inse insecurity. Totally. But you'd never embarked on jujitsu. Have you? No, I never <laughs> did. I took all that energy and I put it straight towards the weight room. Nice. But, but I, I was like, Oh my God, I've been living in response to getting bullied in that moment. And I just pushed it outside of me and pretended like it didn't matter, but it did matter. And it was still inside of me and I was very insecure about it. And so then I, I looked at it and I was like, Oh my God, I can talk about this now. Like, this is amazing. I can spread but when you're not insecure about something you're pretty open with it you're able to share it and it's like that's a, a powerful place to come from because now you take ownership of that situation yeah and so so yeah that was a, a pivotal blockage that i was able to look at and once i looked at it i was like this is this is big because now i'm not burdened by it and what flows through you is love. Like, that's what I found when I removed that blockage, took that book out of my backpack. That's kind of how I think about it. It's like, you have all these back, all these books in your backpack that you've been carrying around all these situations. And the more you identify these books and look at them, the more you can put them outside of your backpack. And the more you can say, okay, wow, it feels lighter. Like, this is incredible. This is fun now. Like, I don't have this blockage anymore. What can I do with all that space and energy? So that's where the love comes in. And that's where a real example for people, because people hear blockages and all this stuff. And it's like, what does that actually mean? For me, that meant getting bullied. For you, it might mean something way worse. And so it's very important to identify those from my perspective, because once you identify them, you can remove them. And it's, it's in a in sense, for, for me at least, once I saw it, it was removed. Yeah. And you're right. Um, I a hundred percent agree with everything from a spiritual and psychological perspective, um, or even academically, um, we're all, we have, we all have past trauma hidden in our subconscious. We all have data. That's I call it data that's uncategorized or uncatalogued. 
and it's like having a garage with a Christmas box, um, Halloween box, and then you've got boxes that aren't labeled, right? And so your subconscious stores stores that data improperly and uh, leads to anxiety and you have no idea uh, where it's coming from. Or uh, goal-motivated behavior is um, being acted out poorly. So because you were once, you know, bullied, that might in turn turn you into a bit of an aggressive uh, jerk. Who knows? It definitely. Yeah. I mean, do you, so in, in terms of psychology and the mind are, where are you in your studies with um, subconscious intuition, um, deeper layers of dreams and all that stuff? Yeah, I would say I'm, I'm open to learning. I'm not, I haven't, dive too deep intentionally on any of those topics really um but very open to learning very open to suggestions books everything like that so in your inner journey of 60 minutes for 60 days is that right yeah i ended up doing it for way more than 60 days it it started into this yeah. Were you able to sit on the ground for 60 minutes like or in a in a sit still or was that also a, a struggle? Yeah, so what I did I was I made it as easy as possible. So I saw photos of you like in a traditional meditating pose. What I did was I followed Naval's advice which was like make it as easy for yourself as possible. Get a blanket, sit upright but like on a couch and like put your legs out. Absolutely. So that that's what I did. And I continued that, I think, all the way till December. I started it in, I want to say, May. So May to December, 60 minutes a day. And that was transformative, you know, doing it for that long. I would highly recommend. I believe you'd be capable of. of, Do do you do yoga at all or anything? Any asanas, postures? So when I went to San Diego, when I lived in 2019, when I was starting this new journey, yeah. Of myself. I, I was doing 75 hard. This program had to do two workouts a day and I started doing yoga because I wanted that to be one workout, a recovery workout. And I fell in love with it. The yoga, uh, the practices I was learning about, I was reading Eckhart Tolle at the same time. So it was very exciting for me of like this journey of inner exploration. So I did that 2019. I've been doing yoga I haven't been doing it recently, but I, I've, I'm familiar with it. So, okay, man, there's so many things. Um, so for you, am I right in saying that like, and I had no idea about this, about you. So this is great. Um, is your inner life fueling your, like your, your outer energy? Like it's the inside that's doing all this. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I had no idea that you were a yogi. Um, I am. Like, I mean, well, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't been practicing yoga for the past. I don't know. Let's call it four or five months. Well, you have to understand, yoga is not about. Uh, does not originally mean anything about physical postures, right? Yoga is the restraint of mental activity. That's what. That's the definition of yoga. Um, 
and a yogi is, you know, a mystic, you know, someone who is looking at life from the inside out, not the outside in. And um, from one perspective online, I see you as this go-getter, positive influence, good vibes only powerhouse, right, of, of um, business acumen and f- maybe financial acumen and setting yourself up for wealth. But really, if you, if you uncover that, you're, it's, um, it's a discovery in, in love. Yeah. I've already won the game, how I think about it. And because if you've already won the game, what do you do? You just, you want to spread that energy, spread that love, spread, spread, well, spread ideas. You play the game. Yeah. You play the game, right? If you've already (laughs) won, you play like, because you know that even if you lose, you've already won. Yeah. That's a powerful place to operate from. It's way different than me putting out tweets in 2018. You could go back and read those tweets in 2018. You'll be like, this is a different guy because it is a different guy. So uh, Eckhart Tolle, he had, if you remember, his um, spontaneous enlightenment in his apartment. Um, God, if any of the listeners don't know what I'm talking about, my God. A New Earth. Please read it. (laughs) A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. This book, this single book changed my life. It should. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this is possible. This is this is a whole new way of looking at the world. So it sounds oh, like man. you had, it sounds like you also had a bit of a spontaneous awakening into this love, a burst of, of who you are and, and, and what, what lays ahead, uh, or at least what the road looks like. Can you pin that down to a single moment on this thing? Yeah. If I wanted to make it a good story, I would say it was a single moment. It was this one well, day. Where I wanted it, a good story. <laughs> no, but, but the truth is, and I think the truth is very important is that it was, and it is work, right? For me, uh, you know, this path, <laughs> oh, the work I wanted uh, a moment. <laughs> like there are moments in there from the past two years where I've just felt complete joy, complete bliss, complete. Oh my God, this is so crazy. This is my life. There's also moments of like, wow, this sucks. You know, like indecision. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I can't give you a moment. And, but I will say the moment was starting, starting the path was the moment where it clicked, where I was like, okay, I can be somebody who's consistent. You got to understand all my life, 24 years, I was not somebody who could consistently do anything. Maybe go to the gym. That's about it. That's the only consistent thing I really had. But I was not a consistent person. Mm-hmm. I would start a business. I would stop it. I would start this. I would stop it. I'd be like, this is a great idea. Stop it. It's like this happened over and over and over again mm-hmm. until I looked at myself, until I realized that what I wanted to do in any given moment was not actually the most important thing. What I needed to do at any given moment was the thing that had to get done. And when I proved that I could do that to myself via 75 hard and meditating 20 minutes in the morning for 90 days straight, let's call it, and seeing results and seeing changes in myself, then I was like, damn, I could actually set my mind to something and actually complete it. This is a whole new way of viewing the world. And if I could do this, what else can I do? And so I started setting these huge aspirations 
when I started doing things. I was like, well, I'm going to record a hundred podcast episodes. Okay. That's pretty cool. Got that done. Then it's like, okay, I'm going to sell out Madison square garden. And so what I realized and what I realized along this process is like the fun is actually in doing the process. The fun is actually the journey itself. I've heard it so many times, but once you actually understand and internalize that, it becomes a whole different ball game because you actually are pushing out the reward. The big goal, the big aspiration is actually something that you want further and further into the future because you actually enjoy the process of being on different podcasts, interview different people, connecting and, and learning and seeing how it's going to unfold because you know it's already done. It's only a matter of time catching up. And you also believe it doesn't even matter if it gets done because you get to live the movie of the life, which is the process. You, when it gets to the end scene and you're sitting on Madison Square Garden and you're like, wow, I made it. It's like, damn, I wish I was back in episode 184 when I didn't know if I was going to make it for sure. So yeah, I love the process. I love the journey of it. And doing 75 hard for the first time was the first time I'd proved to myself that I could consistently do something. And that was big. So that was where the awakening took place. And that's why I reference it often. Mm. Well, Rokas, I'm pretty sure we don't need to do another friggin' podcast again, because what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> so it's always funny. Um, like you talk, we talk about the same things, right? Um, and I, and I come to the conclusion of like, at one point, I realized that life was repetitive. I didn't want to create content anymore. And I was like, well, if there's already Arist books by Aristotle and Plato, then what's the point of writing a book? What's the point of doing a podcast of Jocko Willink? You know, Danny Miranda is always like saying whatever needs to be said. What's the point of saying it anymore? But I eventually came to the conclusion that, well, there's no better thing to talk about. There's no better thing to involve yourself in other than this positivity, this, this, this energetic drive to do in, in, in other, uh, other than not doing right. I mean, and I guess if we're going to be alive, I'm sort of just like talking to myself now, if we're going to be alive, well, what the hell we might as well, we might as well talk about accomplishing anything and everything and whatever we want and being as fulfilled as possible. 100%. Just because somebody has said something great in the past does not mean that you should not go ahead and say it yourself. And what really helped me with this idea was understanding that we are all microphones. We are all putting out ideas into the world and it's up to us to determine in any given moment to be those vectors and to decide what ideas we're going to put out there. You could be putting out the idea of negativity, right? Like you could be talking to somebody and somebody, everything you could just look at and say like, I don't like it. This sucks. Screw you all over and over and over again. That, yeah. that could be your MO. That could be your, the idea that you'd like to put out into the world. Let me tell you something that hits home for me. I know some people, I know some people like that and man, like negative, negative, just like they've become a negative ball of energy and uh, everything 
all the self mantras, all the affirmations that they're saying are, are negative and they don't see it. And it's like, you realize that that's like giving you cancer, like that's killing you. Totally. So that goes back to why, why we need to be microphones, right? I mean, you said it we perfectly. are microphones, we, we, whether, we, whether we want to be or not. Yes. You are impacting people. You are changing people's perspectives and ideas. And I know this because I am particularly influenced. I am strongly influenced by my surroundings and the people I surround myself with. And I think we all are to some degree, but oh, I yeah. noticed it in myself. So that makes me hyper aware of understanding that someone's positive energy makes me feel positive. And it makes me very much understanding that I can be that same force for somebody else. Yes, yes, yes. yes. It is exciting that once you yourself are set in a certain place and on that upward path of growth, that, um, you know, the eventual challenge is to, and the most meaningful challenge is to eventually um, be the catalyst for someone else. Yeah, that's. Once you figure out yourself, once you love yourself, what you want to do is spread love to other people. That's just yeah. the natural yeah. response. And, and I came to this conclusion via meditation, but Andrew Schultz, the great comedian, Andrew Schultz said he took some drug or something, Molly maybe. And he's like, I just felt overwhelming love. And what did I want to do? I just wanted to spread it. I wanted to call people. I want to tell people how much I love them. Yeah. Like, man, that's crazy. We came to the same conclusion using completely different means. But it's interesting that spreading once you feel love inside of yourself, you just want to give it. You just want to spread it. So, yeah, yeah. no. And, and, and that's why when people ask me about um, drug catalysts, you know, is this a good idea for my spiritual journey? Will this help? It's like all I know for sure is that this mind state is possible. How you get there is like you can get there multiple ways. But I do know that drugs are temporary. The MDMA coursing through your brain uh, will fade and the dopamine levels will go back down and everything. And serotonin will go back down. Um so it's not the ultimate recommendation because if it was, we would all do it and change our life, right? Um, I think the ultimate um, method, I guess I'm biased, but with, is, with, is with meditation, you know, challenging yourself, what you're saying, Danny. I think that's my answer to like if people should, because I get that question a lot. Mushrooms, people. MDMA, uh, uh, you know, the Joe Rogan kind of fad. Uh, when are you going to be on Joe Rogan? <laughs> I think we're, we're a ways away from that, but, uh, <laughs> well, you interviewed, um, Gary V. Yep. And I, I think you're the, you're the first person to help me with understanding Gary V. Yeah. We, we talked offline cause you heard the episode and I was like, I don't know what I said. Like, I just don't, I didn't quite, I don't understand what the guy does. I see him everywhere but I don't get it. And then, but you're saying he's, he's that powerhouse of financial um, energy because of his growth with his parents, wine company uh, or beverage company, maybe. And uh, wine, yeah. wine, wine store. He took it like an e-commerce route. Yeah. He, what makes him incredible to me is one that he is 
always early on everything. And okay. so I like he that. was he was episode 39 of the podcast. So he's probably early on on me too, is how I think about it. Sure. But um, but no, in all seriousness, he's early on everything. And the reason why he's early on everything, or one of the reasons why, is because he's extremely self-aware and he loves himself. And I mean that in the highest form of compliment. He loves himself so and he's he's intelligent and he's able to spread that love via business. And so what you really understand when you study Gary Vee, and I've studied him for now 10 plus years, is wow. he is operating with the same the same energy as a monk. And that's gonna sound like a very odd statement. He's not sound with, odd at all. But he's applying all that energy towards business. If you look deeper into his content, it's not about business. It's not about hustling. It's not about being everywhere. It's about loving yourself and spreading that love to other people and being happy on this floating rock in space. Nice. And it takes and but the thing is, you don't get that normally if no. you're if you're just watching him for the first time. Yeah. But he is saying all those things. And weirdly, he I noticed he was saying those things in 2009 when I wrote my first blog post about him when I was 13 years old. Wow. And he was operating with love and consistency and discipline. And yeah, he's just a fascinating character. I think that's fantastic. I'm, I have been educated and I like that. Rokas, I mean, stop me or interrupt or yell at me, please. If you want to say something. Rokas is our, is Any? my guy. Uh, my heart is trembling. <laughs> trembling. So calculated. So yeah, 26 and so much knowledge. The conclusions you have come to so insightful. It's really yeah. Yeah, I've just been listening and I've been amazed. You're so young and how much you've done so much potential to do so much more. And yeah, I'm definitely inspired. I'm I, just I listening in awe, basically. I am uplifted. Thank you, my man. I appreciate that. I I believe that what I have is something we all have and can be operated in our own way, right? my avenue and my path might be through speaking or through writing or through communicating my ideas. I've always done that since a young age. And I think we all have that innate gift. And some people have that through video games or some people have that through medicine or some people have that through, you know, and I think the key point in life is figuring out how you can express your gifts the best way possible. Yeah. Yeah. And expressing that with love and expressing that and treating it like it is an art form. Like Gary Vee, for example, he talks about how his art is business. And for a long time, I thought to myself, maybe my art is business too. But the truth is, I don't enjoy business like that. Mm -hmm. I enjoy speaking. I enjoy communicating with people. I, I enjoy connecting with people. And whether that be through writing, whether that be through video, audio, whatever it may be doesn't matter but i found my gift and i found the way i enjoy expressing my gift and so i think it's very important that each person finds the way they are supposed to express their gifts and it's okay if you haven't found it yet like people are like oh i haven't found my gift yet well i'll tell you a quick story about expressing your gift and it's like there's this 
great guy named Jason Kalipa. And he's a CrossFit, CrossFitter. And his wife didn't have a gift or didn't, he felt, she felt like she didn't have a gift and she didn't have an expression of that gift. And then his daughter got cancer. And all of a sudden, his wife was able to solve any issue, able to attack and able to, to be there in, in perfect moments. And she was clearly in her gift, expressing that love in that moment for her daughter. And it made you think, right? Like this woman went 30 something years without expressing her gift. And now she had her gift for life. And it's amazing. And in those years, in those 30, those first 30 years of her life, she could have said, I don't have a gift yet. I'm not, I'm not capable. And she could have been upset at herself, but she never would have wished for that moment to begin and her to start expressing her gift. And the child is, is now healthy, I believe. But it really struck me of like, maybe your moment for your gift to be expressed just hasn't started yet. And maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't, I don't see it as good or bad. I see it as just experience Uh, mystics and and the monks that trained me, uh, you know, taught me that, there is no good or bad. There's just experience. And that is a truth that, that strikes through all of life, in, including the tragic and horrific, which is difficult to express and teach at times and to use, especially in the moment. But, but the, the higher teaching, the, the zoomed out perspective is that, um, you know, it's all, it's all happening for a reason. Um, that's a classic Eastern uh, philosophical tenet, right? Everything happens for a reason. So when you can internalize that, you are forced to come to the conclusion that whatever's going on is, is meant to be. And that's really probably the only philosophical teaching you ever need. Yeah. And this really came to mind when I read the surrender experiment by michael singer and the way he frames concepts the way he explains synchronicities in his own life that are unexplainable the way that he is able to present the idea that 13.8 billion years got us to this moment right here like how could you say that this isn't what is supposed to happen in this moment if every single situation got us to this moment in time right now where I'm talking to you guys right here, like, oh my God, crazy. The, it's crazy. And so it really makes you honor that moment. When you think about it from that perspective of, holy honor. shit, we went from single cell organisms to multi-cell organisms to evolute to monkeys to now we're here sitting in this moment together it makes you say damn i have to honor this moment i what i didn't do anything to get to this moment and here we are so honor the moment i like that i'm gonna yeah. quote you i'm gonna Please. put that all over the place i love that word i love how you tied that word into uh uh into putting it into that timeless teaching um yeah, I mean that's yoga. That's that's yoga essentially uh, in in several thousand years of expression. If you can appreciate, respect, honor the present moment, and be here for it and be alive, 
um, your life uh, takes a turn, your life opens up, the world becomes an arena for opportunity. It was staring at you the whole time, but you were like off doing everything else. And that's what you're saying about yourself. Like you're, you're here for it now. You're alive. <laughs> and uh, that's wonderful. I mean, we welcome you. <laughs> the moment welcomes me. And, and guess what? The moment welcomes every person, which is the amazing thing. If you're willing to sit there and be like, holy smokes. Yeah. I can't believe I'm here. Yeah. But I mean, not everyone can, can be there for it in, in our, in our philosophy, in, in Hinduism, we have a timeline, so to speak, for all souls. And my point earlier, more my question of, of who you who are you? Um, so I believe that we're the soul. And um, the soul is made up of, of um, some sort of godlike love. I mean, basically, uh, energy, and that which creates, uh, manifests and sustains everything around us. So we're, we're interconnected with everything as everything. Uh, so it's one and the same. And um, we believe that that souls are created at different times. And so you have younger souls and you have older souls. And I think with these kinds of teachings, being awake to the moment, you know, being on this path, hearing about the self, um, it says that you uh, are coming into um, a beautiful time in your uh, existence in after many lives but also that not everyone is sort of there yet right and 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 um they have to live out what they're doing they have to do what they do and experience what they experience and you know i'm always a word of caution to overly enthusiastic and positive people make sure that the love that you're you know you're giving out is um is to the to the right people and and it is to everyone it is to everyone but if 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 it's not being reciprocated you've done all you know you've done your work you move on this is such a good point and i'm so grateful for you bringing it up i've sent podcasts to people thinking this is a positive podcast you know like this is this will help people this will help any individual who hears it but then I realized, or the responses I get sometimes is, I don't like this. Yeah. This triggers me in some way. This is, this is tough for me to hear. And I'm saying to myself, well, are we listening to the same thing? Right. But what is actually happening is perhaps they're not ready. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're, they're, they're correct in their thesis of a particular podcast. Or maybe they're just not ready to hear that message yet. Maybe they're not operating at that frequency. Maybe they're not their soul has not gotten to that point of being able to hear a, a message like that. Maybe it, it goes to their own trauma, you know? So it's such an important point for me because I, I preach looking at the bright side of things. I preach being at peace with what is, and, and sometimes people aren't ready to receive that message. And yes. so thank you. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I, I, you're, it, it, and it goes back to what you said earlier um, about catalysts and, and your meaning and your purpose. And for the, for the CrossFitter's wife, it, her, her catalyst just happened to be her daughter's cancer. You know, what the hell does that even mean, right? 
and and you really have to marvel at the, how much we don't know and and how much we really shouldn't try to know and and one of my greatest kind of thoughts uh, a few years ago was um, to stop knowing right to, to stop trying to fill up the cup and and to just let things be or 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 let things happen and uh, I don't know forcing it gets you into a weird place and it seems to be true with the stock market as well. I, I haven't done anything this morning and uh, everything's green still. So. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's best to just be and, and try to understand why or knowing it is takes away from the experience of just being. Now, um, Rokas, if, if you don't dis, dis, uh, have anything and, and, get in here then i'm just gonna go on to uh just nfts real quick just real quick like i don't know anything about nfts i do but i don't um is that something that you're passionate about i've seen that on your feed a couple times and i'm like danny miranda nfts danny miranda nfts what's going on (laughs) yeah i'm definitely passionate about it i'm passionate about it because it's the same idea as the internet it's the same idea as social media to me which is this will give power to more people to be heard. So if you think about the internet, it'll give power to more, more people to be seen. Social media, more people to be heard. And for NFTs, more people to make money taking out middlemen and taking out things that, for I mean, this is like every industry. Every industry is going to be taken out or NFTs are going to impact every industry. And the reason for that is because it makes the most financial sense. And and that is the path we will go down. And it's exciting for me because it's like being at the being, if I, if I was 26 years old in 2006, I would have gone on social media, which is what I did in 2018. Right. But it's like, it's more, more power to the people. And what does that mean? Like, why am I saying that? Well, imagine a music artist, right? A music artist needs to get money somehow. How do they make money off their creations? Well, they normally go to a record label who takes a a huge percentage of their, their income or, or at least gives them an advance. And then on the back end of that really gives them a bad deal for NFTs. It's like, imagine if you can you can put the upfront get the upfront yourself and every time your work was sold in the marketplace imagine if every time jay-z's record he got 10 percent of the sale of that record forever well that's a pretty crazy idea mm-hmm. and a pretty crazy way of looking at the world because previously if you could look, we could look up his album getting sold right now and you could see it on eBay. And it's like, he's not making any money off that, off those album sales. No so are you trying to say that um, an NFT is, is uh, it can't be duplicated or you, you can't take away that purity. I'm saying that. The Cause if that's the case, that's powerful. Yeah. I mean, what it does is it's, it's provable ownership of particular things and it's royalties. And 
the way in which creators will get royalties is incredible. I'm trying to see if I have a painting nearby. Oh, but so it's I like, just I realized I think so. If I go and take a try to take a screenshot of of a of a famous NFT, I won't. It won't be. And I tried to do something with it. It wouldn't have the certification that goes along with an NFT. Exactly. And the buyer would would simply know that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And yeah, go for it. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that it's exciting because it also shows people the potential for what they already have. Meaning great businesses and great ideas, there there's something that you already have that is valuable. What yeah. does that mean? For Airbnb, you had an extra room in your house. Now you can rent it out. Now you can make money off it. For Facebook, you had a social graph. And now you can, there's a way for the social graph to be monetized from Facebook's perspective. Yeah. So what does NFTs do? NFTs take things that we already took for granted, things we already had, digital photos, digital images, digital um, audio files, and now you can make money off them. So it, it is a movement that puts the power and back in the hands of the creator. Yes. And that is why I'm so passionate about it. And that's why I'm so invested in it from a time perspective. I see. And, and do you, um, have you gone through the process of um, minting? Yeah. I mean, I haven't put out or minted any of my own NFTs myself. I put up and minted my conversation with Gary V. And I just have that for posterity's sake in February of, I put it up in February of 2021, but yeah, it's, um, I've minted a bunch of different NFTs themselves, which is confusing because when you mint an NFT, it could mean that you created it yourself, or it could mean that you were the first one to buy it. So, which leads me to my next point, mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and minting costs uh, a certain amount of, of sub one ETF of sorts. So uh, ETH. It yeah, it depends on which, what you're minting, how big the file is, how much gas is at the particular time that you are right. minting it. So will you, I have rare uh, monk art. Will you help me and collaborate with me on creating an NFT and putting it out on the marketplace? Absolutely. Would okay. love to. I've been looking for someone to help me because I'll be honest, I'm very efficient in my energy management and I do not want to learn how to mint things. I just have things that are valuable and rare. Yeah. It, this we'll look back on this in 10 years and laugh because <laughs> what you just said is similar to someone saying, I don't want to waste my time <laughs> creating a social media account because the ideas in my head are valuable, but I don't want to waste that time. And, and so I, I'm, I'm empathetic to it. I do understand where that comes from, but it's like, this is going to be something that's just a part of our society what I believe in the same way that social media is a part of our society today. It's like, of yeah. course, you're going to, you're going to waste your time to figure out how to, and this is where curiosity plays such a critical role. 
and humility. Do you have the curiosity and humility to spend time on something you don't think might be valuable in any given moment mm-hmm. because it is interesting to you? And you might not be interested in NFTs and you might not be curious about it. But if you do have that curiosity for something new, do you have the potential to say, listen, it might not be the best use of my time in any given moment, but could this be something down the line that I think is beneficial? And so if you do, you're, you're not worried about wasting your time because you're just following your curiosity and you're having the humility to say, even if this ends up being a waste, I'll still have learned something from that process. So true. So true. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, and that, that leads me to like something I, I deeply believe that nothing is a waste. Um, exactly. I mean, Every experience goes through you in some <laughs> respect. Yeah. And even if, even if you minted NFT and you're like, this sucks, this is stupid. I'm never <laughs> doing this again. You'll have learned something from it that you can take with you on your next journey. Yeah. And if you, you, if we believe what we said earlier, then we have to believe what we just said now. Because if, if there is no good and bad, if all experience is meant to be, everything's meant to happen, then surely um, there's, there's no waste. There is only something to learn uh, if, if you can be but aware of it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So let's mint that NFT, baby. Let's do it. Rokas, you have anything? I'm going to bask in... in what is minting? Minting is the process of creating an NFT. So an artist or a photographer can mint an NFT by putting it on the blockchain. So that's one way. That's one version of minting. Another version of minting would be as a collector for somebody to buy the first, be the first person on the blockchain to buy it. So as a collector, I could say I minted Gary V's NFT, his, his intuitive iguana. I minted that. But as an artist or as the person who created the NFT, he could say I minted that by putting it on the blockchain. See, the thing about NFTs is it's so new that the language hasn't really been developed yet. Yeah. And it's like, it's the early days of it. So yeah, I could understand someone's confusion around the word minting because it means two separate things, depending on who you're talking to the collector or the artist themselves. So second question, what was the point of making your podcast with Gary V into an NFT? Experimentation. Experimentation. I was curious what the process was like. And I was like, this is interesting. This is new. I don't know how to do this. I'm going to lean into this. And so nothing ended up happening from it directly. I didn't make any money. I didn't, nothing happened. It's just in my wallet forever. As February of 2021, I uploaded this conversation and I was curious how it was done. So I didn't know no you could uh, mint audio. Yeah. I didn't know either. And then I did it. And I was like, this is pretty cool. Wow. Okay. That's... And and who knows, it might end up being valuable in yeah. 37 years, right? When you have the conversation between me and Gary V and Gary V owns the Jets and I'm selling out Madison Square Garden, that could be an interesting thing for someone to purchase 
in 37 years. I'm the owner of this first conversation between. How much are you selling it for? (laughs) I'm not selling it at all, uh, but I'm open to offers. You know. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so moving on a bit, how did you grow your social media following? So when I first started. I started tweeting about e-commerce and drop shipping. And this was in June or May of 2018, I first started. And what I did was I just share tips and share ideas about what I was doing, e-commerce and drop shipping. This is what I'm learning. This is what I'm, this is how I market better. This is how I'm doing this. And I'd be making friends while doing this. People like Tej, people like, the do lab people like Kobe Gatsby and I'd just be interacting with them. They were also on a similar path. And I grew that from zero to 7,000 followers just by tweeting out useful ideas about dropshipping and e-commerce. And then around the same time I quit the job, I stopped tweeting. I stopped putting my thoughts out. I didn't have anything useful to say about dropshipping in commerce because I wasn't doing it. And I didn't know what I was going to tweet about next. I thought it was going to be about fitness and personal training. So I started, I posted some tweets about that, but then I said, you know, I'm, I'm more than this. I'm more than just fitness. So then I started tweeting about loving yourself. And so I had 7,000 followers at the time that I built up over that year and a half. And I started tweeting about meditating and loving yourself and those 7,000 followers go from 7,000 to 6,000. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's all good because I'm tweeting my truth. I know what I'm tweeting is real to me and, and my truth. And so over three months, it didn't bother me. I was building connections. I was building new things. I was, I was discovering myself. And eventually, I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. And so you start doing the podcast. That starts growing. The podcast grows and and people start following and people start coming along the journey. So it hasn't really been a process of like, how am I going to get more followers? It's more been like, let me share my thoughts and good things are going to happen. And let me do it consistently because this is my truth. A friend asked me recently, like, I want the, I want to have connections. I want to, these crazy things to happen to me too. <laughs> and, and he's like in medical school. And I was like, well, maybe for you, the best way to do that is to send emails to people, doctors you respect and admire and want to like just hop on a Zoom call with them. For me, that was interviewing people through social media, interviewing people with conversations. And so I don't think this path is for everyone. And if it feels like work to you at first, like maybe it's not for you because this has just been my natural state. This has been my, my truth. And I'm not really trying, if that makes sense. You have, this is where your curiosity and humility shine. Exactly. Like no one was following me in 2018. Like, and I didn't care because I was just putting out my truth and I, I wanted more followers for sure. But I was like, you know, let me just put my thoughts out into the world and let me make friends with people. And so that's what I did. And that's what I'm still doing to this day. That's probably what I'll still be doing 10 years from now. Like, let me put my thoughts out in the world. Let me make friends with people. Let me connect and do it for long enough. Been in the game now for three years off and on. So it makes sense that 20,000 people follow me in some weird way. 
If I do it for 10, maybe 200,000 or 2 million. It's just about time in the game for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. I like it. Rush, anything to add? Well, I'm just kind of curious. I don't know. How are, how's your time, Danny? Because I, we, we I love be... this. I could do this all day. All right. Um, okay. Let's just go back to meditation real quick. What's curious to me and right now coming up in my mind is like meditation and having a goal. And usually having a goal requires some sort of interest or knowledge of what's possible. Given what you've said about meditation and, and where you come from in this, this yogic world and your understanding of all these things, what's your goal? In, you must be goalless in meditation, right? I mean, what are you doing? What are you trying to do? Yeah, I have no goal in meditation itself. When I meditate, the process of meditating is the win itself. And I talk about no expectations all the time. I don't expect anything to happen. I don't expect enlightenment by sitting down for 20 minutes. I'm simply happy that I am doing the process. Same way with recording podcasts. The same way with going to the gym. It's the same way with all this stuff. I know that good things will come from doing it. So I'm not, I'm not doing it without a goal. Let's, I, well, but the truth is with meditation, I'm not doing it with a goal. I'm not trying to achieve anything. I'm just happy to sit down and do it. And I'm happy when I, when I don't want to do it and I do it and I'm like, man, like good, good for me. I, I showed up. And so for me, I guess my goal is showing up. And then I guess what I like to do sometimes is if you take that, like for the podcast, for example, the goal is showing up, but I also like to extrapolate and see like where I'll be in the future. And if I continue to do this and maybe that's a, a mistake or a flaw, but I like to say, okay, like if I keep doing this for 10 years, could I sell out Madison Square Garden? Like that would be interesting to me. That that would make this life more magical. And so let me put that out into the world and see the possibility for that to occur, right? Let me put that out into the world enough times and see what happens. And let me continue with my process and enjoying that process. So yeah, that, that's how I think about it. I love it. I love it. The goal is to show up. I mean, I'm just going to quote Danny Miranda on my, on my socials. <laughs> Forget quoting everything else. <laughs> I love it, man. I'm, I'm happy to, I'm, I'm grateful that you, the microphone that I'm putting out is a microphone you want to put out as well. Yeah, That's no, I awesome. dig it. I like your style, Danny. Um, I feel, I feel like we're kindred spirits and, and, uh, it's exciting to meet someone. And, and like I tell Rokas, every time him and I get together, uh, we learn something. I mean, we go into it like what the hell's going on now and what day is it? And um, I don't know. But and I and people still ask me, like, how do you know what you're going to do next? And it's like, God, who knows? Right. You just got to show up. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. um I love it. I'm in love with this moment. I think, uh, I think I'm, I'm super uplifted and I just dig it. Um, well, how are you guys doing on time? Cause I'm curious about you guys. Well, I have, uh, I have a meeting in, in a little bit here, but 
I mean, I'm 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 fine. <laughs> this podcast is what gives my life meaning, and it is my priority. So I prioritize wow. around it. Yeah, Rokas, I've never heard you say that before in in our in our friendship ever. Yeah. Wow, that's how. Deep. That's beautiful. I feel the same way about my podcast. How did you guys connect? You two. Um, uh, Rokas, did I, I bumped into you? So I, uh, in 2015, um, I was in the monastery at that time and I had started to train young men online. Um, as a monk, I was a writer at that time and I was writing for an international magazine called Hinduism today. And so I was also being trained in web, uh, management, database management, et cetera. So I was on my computer all the time. And, um, I started to uh, write poems. I, I just I needed a creative outlet for everything going on in my life, and this was the first time after beginning training in 2006 as a monk um, that I was in a position or role um, in the monastery to creatively express myself. Uh, because the years before that was. Um, self-discipline, militaristic training, psychological deprivation, things like that. And so I had sort of graduated to a certain degree. And it was like, here's your new role. You can teach, you can do this, enjoy and, and keep learning. Um, so I started to teach online about all the things that I knew, right? I started to like spread love through words. And um it started to catch the attention of several thousand uh, people. And uh, I used a uh, moniker. I didn't use my real name for a while, for a few years. And um, I wrote several um, books or uh, I started off with a manual called the manual of success. And I was just trying to teach young people how to like wake up early, make their beds and, and, and get some meaning in their life. And I found that that was actually helping me also. Um, and I think, Rokas, you're a, uh, maybe a second generation of students who found my material online. Yeah. So what you were doing, I believe, was in a Telegram group, right? That's where, no, let's see. It started online? On Reddit, maybe. And then that moved to Telegram, I think. Yes. And then uh, from Telegram, so. it went to Discord, but you were no longer around. Right. That was like the, third, fourth generation. Yeah, so I found the Discord server and I spent some time in it. And I, at one point I saw there was a PDF link called Man in the Making. And I started reading it and I saw it was by a person named Rajan Shankara. And I had some questions for him. So I reached out. <laughs> to yeah ask him those questions and yeah so that's how we first got in touch there was one point where someone on the discord server was driving eight hours to another state in the u.s and they were on a voice call so i went into the voice call we spoke for a while and i saw rajan was online so i invited him into the voice call to see if he'd come he came over and we had a very insightful conversation and it was a shame we hadn't recorded it because it would have been a valuable thing to put out into the world so from that we decided how about we record our future conversations and then 
that's how episode one began. I had some questions wow. for Raj. Uh, I asked them, and we have our first episode. So, yeah. so Ro- Rokas is the man in the making. I love that. <laughs> and the yeah. podcast is just his evolution of 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 self discovery. Uh, recorded all of it. So amazing! I'm gonna be listening to episode one right after this. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're Consider like. Consider me a fan. And then it was like, uh, what are we doing? Like, should we just keep recording? I think we did it. We've been doing it weekly. And, and Rokas, like, I'm almost on the verge of quitting, like, every week. And I'm like, I don't have time. Well, I'm super busy. Um, my, my wife has uh, a company. She just started another company. We have a baby. I have, I have like, three companies that I manage and now the stock market, I work at NASA. So time is like gone. My friends like in Denver, they play video games and stuff. And I'm like, wow, cool. Like, <laughs> how's that possible? Um, so I'm, I'm moving sun up to sundown. So we, this recording comes up and, and I'm just like, man, I don't know if I can make it. Like I got all these other stuff. And uh, so Rokas is like the anchor that has kept this ship stable. And man, every time it's like hitting a workout or a meditation that you didn't want to do every time you finish or jujitsu and you're like, thank God, because that just like saved my life. But I forgot. It's it's odd how that happens, how the things that are good for us, we don't want to do. And on initial, our initial thought, sometimes is not to do it. And whenever I notice that it happens in, in other aspects of your life as well, too. Difficult conversation, like a fear that you have, Oh, I don't want to do this. Well, like that's a sign to lean into it. Yeah. And so you, you, the better you start doing more and more of these things that you know are good for you, that initially you resisted and you start noticing the feeling of resistance and you get excited when you feel it. And that's a beautiful place to operate from when you're saying, Oh, I don't want to skydive. And so you say, okay, like, I guess I got to skydive. No, now. Danny, I am not skydiving <laughs> at all. I don't care. Listen, how much. I, I have the same reaction and it's like, shoot, like I know, I know it's good for me because it'll give me a new experience. And why am I resisting it? Cause I'm scared. What am I scared of? And so I'm, I don't always act on it, but when I do, I'm always better off for it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That reminds me of a quote I really liked from Will Smith that the best things in life are on the opposite side of fear on the other side of fear. Yeah. I love that. It's constant. It never goes away. It never goes away. Uh, one of the things I like to think about are um, life and death. Uh, and, and not so much when I was a monk, I thought about the actual morbid act of dying. But that actually motivates a lot of monks. Um, but what, when I got out um, and I started to lean more into um, Jordan Peterson and to, and to teach chaos and order theory, um, Danny is shaking his head like, yeah, bring it. Um, I started to look at his perspective of, um, uh, metaphoric life and deaths, rebirth, um, rebirths happening all the time. And, um, I see it now more than ever. 
like in order and i see it in in tv shows and, and movies and um it's it's ingrained in our uh mythological history in our dna that that in order to accomplish something in order to be you know we have to kind of like be be reborn and in order to be reborn we have to die we have to um shed the layers that once was that made us something in order to do this new thing and in order to achieve uh more right we have to be different than we were yesterday because the person yesterday accomplished what happened yesterday so to be overachieve that person must get better and when that happens on a day-to-day basis um that's powerful and i've tried to internalize the idea that that or philosophy that that practice can happen mid sentence and at the end of this sentence i will be a better person than i was when i first started talking wow i've never thought about it like that how i i used to think of how i still do kind of think about it is dying every day like you go to sleep at night, you die anew, and you wake up a new person. You're born that yeah. day, and I like the the mid sentence. That's something I'm gonna have to think about and meditate on. But I wanna. I was going through a period of my life when I was going through a rut, and what I noticed was every day, one day I'd be doing great, and I would be doing all the right actions. I'd be going to the gym. I'd be meditating, and then. The next day I would stop doing all that. And so, but what would happen after a month was of this cycle was I'd end up still in a rut. And I was like, how could that be? Like, I'm, I'm doing the right things half the time. And so then it occurred to me after reviewing my journal entries that the days that I was doing the right things, that was a plus one day. The days that I was doing the wrong things, that was a minus one day. What happens when you plus one and minus one over and over and over and over and over and over and over again? You end up at zero. Yeah, you equal out. And so, of course, I was still in that same place because I hadn't added anything to it. And the idea of being reborn every day is, yeah, it's it's a whoa moment. It was a whoa moment for me when I discovered it too. way of explaining the plus and minus, that was deep. I'm going to keep that with me until I die. It's like, and, and the, the important thing is to realize that just because you know it doesn't mean that you won't go back to that place. I think one of the craziest things is knowing something and then having to relearn it over and over and over again. And so, yeah, the plus one minus one was, was a very big moment for me of like, holy smokes, if you really want to be at plus 47, you can take a day off. There's no, nothing wrong with taking a day off, but have you stacked 47 days in a row or 48 days in a row rather? And now you're back at, you're doing a minus one day at day 48 is way different than doing a minus one day when you haven't strung together those days. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nice. I lost the thought. On, uh, the next thought on that one. I was just like, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know what I love about this podcast? What's that? Is the way you guys are so clearly in touch with yourself because of the peace that you emanate. There's a lot of people that are busy. There's a lot of people that are in a rush 
and you know as you described but there's not a lot of people who are in a rush and can be at peace with silence mm. and so it's a really beautiful thing when you've looked at yourself and you are comfortable with the silence and comfortable with what is and forgetting thoughts and whatever happens happens it creates a an environment for the guests or the person listening it's okay. Like anything's okay because oh, yeah. you're comfortable with yourself and you're comfortable with silence and you're comfortable with this moment. So Absolutely. that's off to you guys. Well, thank you. Thank you. I recommend people, people do that uh, everywhere, everywhere. Right. And I know you believe that too, because gosh, I get people all the time telling me that, um, you know, like, Oh, thanks for listening. And, 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 there's something, you know, there's a space there, there's a confidence there. And, and uh, there's the real listening art, right, of, of not not having something um, in the chamber to back up what you're going to say next and things like that. Yeah, I really dig that. Um, because I don't know, I was just telling this guy the other day, who was asking about investing in his like, He's got a private startup that is going to be the next level of uh, gas stations. They're going to be charging stations. We all know Tesla has charging stations, but eventually gas stations need to be replaced with charging stations, just like banks need to be replaced with, uh, with uh, online, um, uh, you know, fintech, uh, online banking and digital banking. So they're actually buying old banks and putting charging stations there. Uh, it's kind of funny evolution of all that. And he was, we, we, we just started to talk about like his project and everything. And I was listening and he's like, well, do you have any questions? And I was like, well, I don't really have a lot of questions, nor do, do I need to say a lot when I don't really understand. And he started to, and he, uh, when I, when I, when I understand everything and he started to laugh. And um, we just started to trail off into another conversation about not being someone else, not putting a mask up, no BS. Um, and like you're saying on this whole show, your truth, ex- you know, playing out your truth, executing your truth. And that can like, that should change from moment to moment. And what I mean by that is I, I heard you a couple of times on this show, um, like stop mid to end sentence and then rewrite the sentence right after you said it and and it was like in your and no one can see this but we should use this video but in your face i could see like an entire paragraph like hang on a second i i i i understand what i just said but i have a new perspective on what i just said i'm gonna say something a little different and i appreciate that I don't think I've ever been told that as eloquently and pointed out as eloquently as you just did. And I think that's the writer in me trying to write a sentence and then realizing, well, let's delete this part and, and remove this. And, and that comes from reps and reps of speaking and reps of, of putting my thoughts out into the world. And so it's interesting that you notice that. Well, and, and it comes from mistakes. It comes from regret. Like we all, we all have been in a situation where we're like, ah, I wish I said it like that. Well, it's like when, when we're in this place of awareness uh, and when we're, we're, we're in the moment and we become the moment, 
would there, we, we, we become regretless because we live out the life. We live out the moment that we want to experience and we want to remember. And then that, that extrapolates like on a graph, it becomes our life and we, it becomes a desirable life because we don't have any bad uh, feelings or memories about what happened. Cause it's like, no, I was there for that moment. I said what I meant and um, I'm happy with it. So too, all too often, People are, they're not aware so much of the moment and they're just kind of like sleeping through it. And the moment ends and there's regret, uh, there's missed opportunity. There's, there's something that, that didn't quite go right. And it's like, why didn't you stop and fix your life at that moment? Whoa. Yeah. That's powerful. And it's, it's like, we have that opportunity to fix do. our life in any given moment right? Like this could be the moment you say, okay, I'm going to start going to the gym. Okay. This is the moment that I'm going to start meditating this right here. Like a person listening to this or just you or me or whatever, like this could be the moment you start doing what is aligning yourself with your highest version. And that is true. You might have to decide that for many moments over and over and over again. You don't just decide to work out once you, you could in this moment, decide to work out, but you're gonna have to make that decision again tomorrow to work out. Right. And, and that's eventually why. it becomes a habit, but it's like, before you get to that place, you have to decide over and over again. Yeah. And, and, and I, for me, I prefer stuff like that to never go away, to never have it too much because a habit is, it ends up being subconscious. And when it's, when it's subconscious, it tends to lose color and vitality. And, um, we want our workouts to be fresh for, you know, we're talking like 50, 60, 70, 80 years of working out left. So, you know, this week went well, but I'm not giving it, um, I'm not going to like give it my all and then, you know, start to decline and then have that become a habit. Uh, it's got to be new. It's got to be fresh somehow constantly. And that's exhausting. But when you are an exhaustless well of energy that, that creates its own energy, right? Self-sustaining, self-creating mechanisms here. Um, it does not end. It's bottomless. So that's, that's yoga. That's, that's what we are telling people. And we have yeah, to live I, it. Sorry to cut you off. On this point, I just watched Joe Rogan and it was like about this point. He didn't say it in those ways, but... He's talking to Michaela Peterson, which I think is Jordan Peterson's daughter. Yeah. And, and he, Michaela Peterson is saying to him, this person didn't have the energy to work out. And Joe Rogan stops her in that moment and says, whoa, whoa, whoa what are you talking about? That's a lie. Yeah. That person did have the energy to work out. Could they go to the fridge? Could they walk to the fridge? Yes. Okay. They had the energy to work out. Then a workout doesn't necessarily mean grueling and grueling and grueling workout could be just walking seven times around your block or once. And so when you understand that you, he just said, he said exactly what you said, which is we are a well of energy. If you can walk to the fridge, you can work out. And if you have the energy to live, living and exercising is one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and to break it down like that into pieces is very, very smart. Um, chunking life into pieces is, is makes it manageable. And when something is overwhelming. Yeah, exactly. And when it's manageable, it's conquerable. And um, 
I like Peter's and, and I like Peterson's explanation of, of uh, 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 conquering uh, uh, psychological blockages. It has to start in pieces. Like um, I can't write this entire uh, essay, right? Well, it's like, well, can you open your computer? Well, yeah. Can you start it? Can you, you know, open the program that writes the essay, right? That's all of life. And, and, and all of life means that the microcosm reflects the macrocosm, our, our, our small detailed minutia, the moment, the, the, the little atoms of reality reflect existence itself. And that can be broken down into so many parts we don't have bandwidth for as, as a human brain. But um, it, that's what we were just talking about, willpower. And if we, if we want more willpower, like we have to do every little thing perfectly, and then we get stronger and stronger and stronger. It's the microcosm macrocosm effect. So if we want to change the world, we have to change ourselves. If, 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 you know, we want to meditate better, we should probably stop swearing and, and eat better. And there's this ca uh, cause and effect uh, everywhere. And uh, I don't know, it's just, you can't go a day without saying that once you know that it's true. And on this point too, is like, you're doing work when you're not doing work and procrastinating. Procrastination is work. It's just not work towards your desired goal, right? Right. It's like you, you could be scrolling on TikTok for seven hours. You're doing work for TikTok yeah. in that yeah. moment. You are working towards that goal. And that's fine if that's your mission or that's what you're trying to accomplish. It's like you could be just sitting there in bed all day. That's working towards the goal of sitting there and not doing anything all day. Right. So once you reframe, for me, what happened was once I reframed procrastination as work itself. I was like, well, I might as well do the actual thing that wants, that helps me get to the place that I want to go. Cause that's just a, a better use of my time. Yeah. So. That's it. That's true. That's true. Cause everything is energy. Um, the good and the bad and all that stuff. Damn. I'm energized. I'm ready I'm, to go. I'm ready to relisten. I'm going to post this on, on my podcast <laughs> because I think more people need to hear this conversation. <laughs> yeah we we try to get as much feedback as possible we have like twenty thousand downloads or something but uh mm. it's it's tough to get to get feedback we get text messages here and there but uh i want people to email me and stuff and ask me questions it's hard people i've heard people say that they're scared to to reach out to me they're scared to ask me questions and stuff and it's like that's crazy. I haven't done my job then in explaining that I'm, I'm, just, I'm available, man. <laughs> I think fear stops a lot of people and it, it might not have anything to do with you itself. It might just be, I'm fearful of this moment because once I ask the question, then I'm responsible for doing something about it. That's the truth. Oh man. If you ask someone for advice, be prepared to uh, <laughs> have to do what they say. Because <laughs> you're admitting to yourself, I don't know the answers and I'm seeking out the answers in this moment. But it's a lot easier to not seek out the answers. And it's a lot easier to just sit there and say, oh, I didn't know, I didn't ask. So <laughs> asking the question and becoming aware of something is actually the first step to getting it done. 
Yeah, there there was a there was a monk in the monastery who, uh, if you if you asked him something for advice, he would always be like, "Now wait a minute, are you sure you're ready for what I'm about to say, or are you just gonna listen and it's gonna go one ear at the other? Because I want you to do what I'm gonna say, and then half of the time it's like, never mind. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm not brave enough for that. Ah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I do have this meeting coming up, unfortunately. Uh, Danny, uh, you don't have an option. Uh, we need you back. Uh, we need to talk again. We need to uh, keep each other informed uh, on, on how our existence is going at the very least every from time to time. And um, I'm glad to say that I think we're all we're all newfound friends here. And um, I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking to us. Likewise, I can't wait to do this again. This is the first of many, I'm sure. And uh, I'm really grateful for you guys for having me on, thinking of me. And I'm looking forward to doing future episodes. Awesome. Really happy to have been part of this beautiful experience. Well said. Till next Gents, time. Aloha. Wait, sorry, before we end, um, where can people contact you or find you, Danny? You can contact me at Hey Danny Miranda on Twitter and don't be scared to ask me any questions because I'm I'm pretty friendly. What you see is what you get. And uh, I'm happy to help with anything. So at Hey Danny Miranda on Twitter, I'm also posting on TikTok and YouTube and Instagram at Hey Danny Miranda as well. But I have a podcast, the Danny Miranda podcast, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, new episodes. But I appreciate you guys having me on and like I said, I'm going to be posting this episode on my feed. So hopefully people will get some exposure to this show and, and hopefully it will be useful to a bunch of different people. Well, you should title it love light and upliftment with Danny Miranda. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) That's what the monks used to say when we were, when we would leave the monastery to go out to town or something, I mean, like just go to Costco. Someone would be like, hey, where are you going? Be like, we're going to spread love, light, and uplift. <laughs> that's how I feel every day. It's the same mission. And that's why this conversation was so such a beautiful experience because it was two people, three people with the similar experience, similar ideas moving in the same direction and having their own experiences, but the same core mission of those experiences. So a beautiful experience and i'm better off for being part of it and i'm grateful you guys thought of me and asked me on this show so thank you